What if I told you that your addiction can be broken, your depression can be lifted, your anxiety can be calmed, your relationships can be mended, your life can have purpose, and your future can have hope if you would just pursue one thing, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. This is more to the story. I am your host, James Jones. Father's Day is rapidly approaching. The weather is warming up. Time for barbecues and grilling burgers outside. Time for graduations and uh, summer break. And I know my wife is excited for it all. But me, um, I'm counting down the days to Christmas. (laughs) Because uh, I'm a cold weather guy. I'm a Christmas fanatic. I love Christmas. My wife's all about spring and summer. But um, I just can't wait for the carols and uh, the holiday season. But welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you listening this week. You know the drill, like, share, and subscribe. God is good. God is good. I'm glad you're here to spend some time with us um, here at More to the Story. I pray for the hand of God to be over you and over your life, and I pray for you to be blessed today. I hope that this episode ministers to you in some way, and that you can be um, encouraged in your spirit. But I want to take a little bit of time today to talk about something important, and it will it will be just a little bit of time. Uh, maybe I can give it more time in a later episode, because there is a lot that we can say about this topic, but I am feeling one thing in particular that I would like to bring to your attention about the anointing. And so um, give me maybe 10 minutes. So when Israel asked God for a king, God chooses a man from the tribe of Benjamin. This young man was named Saul, and God chose Saul to be the first king. The Bible says that he was head and shoulders taller than the rest. He was big, strong. He was capable of being a leader. If you were to choose from a lineup a man to be king, Saul would be the one you would choose. His abilities on the battlefield shined. His his strength and boldness and leadership, um, it made him intimidating to all the rest. Here he was, Israel's first king. He was a strong man, a tall man, a warrior, a leader, and, and Saul is anointed by God. And uh, the prophet Samuel anoints his head, and he proclaims him to be the king of God's people. And Saul does a great job. Saul excels in his new role. He is winning battles and conquering enemies. He even prophesies the word of the Lord. And the prophets, they ask if Saul is counted among the prophets because uh, it's amazing what you can become and do when you are anointed, when you are anointed. Uh, 
But Saul begins to make tragic mistakes, and he begins to choose his natural abilities over the anointing of God. And he chooses to rely on his strengths and talents in battle rather than obey the voice of the Lord. And because of this, he loses the anointing of God, and God rejects him from being king. And in this moment, God tells the prophet Samuel that he has rejected Saul and will instead choose a man that is after God's own heart. So first, God chose a big man, a strong man, a man physically fit for the role of king, raw talent and abilities. Uh, But this time it's different. This time, God said, I am choosing a man after my own heart. He then sends Samuel the prophet um, to the house of Jesse to anoint one of his sons. Samuel does not know which son. He just knows that one of Jesse's sons will be the new king, will receive the anointing. And so Samuel arrives, and Jesse presents his sons to Samuel. And the first son is presented to Samuel. I believe his name is um, Eliab. I don't have his name written down. But the first son is presented to Samuel And the Bible says that Samuel believes that this is the one. Surely, this is God's anointed. This is the one that God wants to anoint. But God speaks to Samuel and says, no, he is not the one that I want to anoint. Then God says this, look not on his stature and look not on his height. Right? Look not on his... uh, how big and strong and fit and capable he is. Don't look how tall he is, how how strong he is, how able he is. Don't look at that. Um, I, I'm, I'm judging this new king by a new standard. And so he rejects Eliab. And then the next one, I think it's um, Shammah, I'm not sure. The next son comes before Samuel. And then the next son, and one after the other, God says, no. Um, No to this one, and no to that one, and no to this one, until finally um, there's no more sons left, and nobody has received the anointing, and Samuel asks Jesse, have you no more sons? And Jesse says, well, we have one more, but he's in the field keeping the sheep. But, But trust me, preacher, you don't want him. He's not the one. He's not... um, he, he's in the field keeping the sheep for a reason. I didn't bring him because he's really not the one that you want. He, he doesn't look the part. He's not big and strong like his brothers. He's not as fit or capable or able as his brothers. Nonetheless, Samuel um, says, call for him. Bring your son here. And so they run to fetch David from the field, and they bring this young boy here to Samuel from the field where he's been spending most of his time, most of his days watching the sheep, watching his father's uh, sheep. And when he gets before Samuel, the Bible says God instructs Samuel, this is the one. Samuel opens the horn of oil and pours the oil over David's head and anoints 
David not because he was talented, not because he was taller than everybody else, not because he was stronger than everybody else, but because David had a heart that was after God, right? He wasn't the most capable. He wasn't the most battle-ready boy that was there, but he had spent his time in the field singing and worshiping and praying, and he was a man that loved the Lord, and and God chose him. God chose him. And so the Bible says that Samuel anoints David, but David does not become king. He is anointed, but he's not yet king. Um, Saul is still the king. He is no longer anointed, and the Spirit of the Lord is no longer with him, but he's still king. And in 1 Samuel 16, we read um, the tragic ending of Saul's, the beginning of Saul's end. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord left him, departed from Saul, and that an evil spirit came and took its place, and that this evil spirit from the Lord was tormenting Saul and bothering him to the point where the Bible says this in 1 Samuel 16, 17, and 18, that that Saul said to his servants, provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. And one of the young men answered, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Okay? Uh, when Saul asks for a musician, bring somebody that's a skillful musician that can play pretty music and try to calm this storm in my mind. The servant of Saul says, I have seen a son of Jesse who is skillful in playing, but more than that, the Lord is with him. So when Saul is being bothered, being tormented by this evil spirit, and he asks for someone that can play well to soothe his mind, his servants say there is a man in the fields, a young man, who watches the sheep all day. And I can't help but wonder how many skillful musicians were in that nation. Uh, being in a palace, they had a royal band stocked full of talents, a band that would play for the royal celebrations. They also had an entire uh, military unit of just musicians and singers for their army. And Saul's servants were exposed to the best talent in the entire kingdom. But when Saul needed something to bring him peace... The servant said, there is this one boy in the field. He doesn't look like much. He isn't part of our royal band, but there is just something about his music. When he plays and when he sings, there is a peace that comes over you. There is a joy in his songs that I haven't heard anywhere else. There is this, there is something special about this boy. King, I know that we have plenty of talented performers in our palace, but this kid may be exactly what you need because the Lord is with him. You see, early in this, earlier in this same chapter, chapter 16, David was anointed by Samuel. And so it wasn't the talent that set him apart. It was the anointing and the favor of God 
that was on his life. No doubt the servants had heard great music played by others, but there was something special about the anointed music that David would play. And when David came to play for Saul, the Bible says that the evil spirit that was tormenting Saul would leave when David started to play. The evil spirit did not leave because David was talented. The evil spirit left because David was anointed by a spirit greater than the evil spirit. And so I want to say this, the anointing is irreplaceable. Nothing can replace the anointing. Nothing can do for you what the anointing of the Holy Ghost can do for you. In the Old Testament, without the anointing, the priest uh, had no access to the holy place of the tabernacle. And still today, without the anointing, there is no access to God's holy places. And Saul was the definition of raw talent. But David was chosen not because of talent, but because he was a man that pursued God's heart. And the idea that God responds to talent and ability is not just flawed, it's completely false. Because this world is full of men and women who carry extreme talent and who can perform very well. In fact, the truth is that God has choirs of angels that sing praises to Him. And God has Gabriel, the messenger angel, who carries and delivers His message. And to think that our talented musicians and singers could ever surpass the songs of the angels in heaven or to think that our refined preaching styles could ever rival that of the angels who proclaim God's message, is crazy. God has an eternity full of wonderful, uh, wonderfully talented beings. God hasn't chosen us as His bride because we are talented. He has chosen humanity because He loves them, and He wants them to choose to love Him. He's not looking for talent. He is looking for relationship. He is looking for those that have a desire to spend time with Him in prayer, to worship Him in their struggles, to be faithful in the trials, and to make the effort to be anointed by God. You see, God doesn't anoint those who are good. God anoints those that are close. Talent doesn't bring anointing. Proximity brings anointing. Being close to the anointed one makes you anointed. And may we choose to draw closer to him every single day of our lives because more than anything, we need his anointing. Because it's the anointing that destroys the bondage of hell and it's the anointing that breaks the chains of addiction and it's the anointing that can fix broken hearts and messed up lives it's the anointing that can save from the lowest gutter. It's the anointing that will make the difference in a suicidal mind. It's the anointing that can bring light to the darkness of depression. May we choose to be anointed and to pursue God, to fall in love with Him, and to fall in love with spending time with Him. I end this with what Paul said in Galatians. What was started in the Spirit cannot be finished in the flesh. 
what was started in the spirit cannot be finished in the flesh. God has a lot that is available for you um, and for me that is only available to those who are willing to pursue the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Not to be raw talent and raw ability like Saul, but to be a man like David that pursues the heart of God, a man that's after his heart. Love the Lord. Love prayer. Love worship. Thank you for listening today. I pray that this blesses you. I pray that this ministers to you in some way. Um, share this with a friend. God bless.